Hey, Katie. Hey, Rach. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing? I'm good. Hey, uh, a little birdie told me it's your birthday pretty soon. It is. We are in Virgo season, full-fledged. Virgo season? Virgo season. I don't know what that means. I like to think of it as the best season of the year myself. Well, what about (laughs) Taurus season? It's like a runner-up. Well, because you have a Taurus rising, right? Exactly. That's right. Well, I'm officially... Well done. Well, we've done this. If you think back to episode one, we started to dig in a little bit to our astrological signs. And you and I are... Because it was your birthday It was, yeah. Yeah. And it was... You and I were opposite-ish. I don't know if that's the right word, if opposite is really what it is, but... I'm a Taurus Virgo rising with a Libra moon. Yes. <laughs> and I am a Virgo Libra moon Taurus rising. I have no idea what that means, except it seems like we're really similar people. Very similar. And we get shit done. Get for shit sure. done. Earth, earth, air. We're missing water. And fire. And fire. We make up for it in different ways. Yeah, we do. So... I would like to take some time to figure this whole astrology business out because I actually think it's a really interesting overlap between your world and my world, whereas this is a traditionally scientific-based theory. Is that the right practice? Yeah, I think theory and practice. Um, Astronomy started back in the day back in the day the way day <laughs> way 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 day um as yeah they were um the same thing essentially and astronomy and astrology and astrology i think astronomers similar. would take issue with that these days these days potentially yes yeah so okay we're gonna take some time and dip into what exactly is astrology where it comes from what it is because I'm fascinated by this I love this shit like (laughs) I have a tattoo of a Taurus bull on my back yes it's a tramp stamp yes it is it's awesome which I'm actually pretty proud of because I identify as a Taurus but I actually don't really know where this comes from or what it means except that I see my horoscope every now and again and sometimes it makes sense let's do it let's do it welcome to the intuitive science podcast This is a podcast where a scientist and a witch explore the elements of the human condition from two seemingly incompatible perspectives. I'm Rachel, a professor, a scientist, a wellness entrepreneur, a total fitness know-it-all, and a sucker for red wine. I'm Katie, a fitness professional, mindfulness expert, intuitive, travel junkie, and a modern-day witch. Together, we are a force of energy, excited to playfully explore some pretty serious shit. At Intuitive Science, we will discuss the essentials of human well-being and answer questions from a scientific perspective and an intuitive perspective. All right. Astrology. Astrology. You're a Virgo. I'm a Taurus. We'll start there, but we'll go back further in time before many, many moons before you and I were both born. Um, And I want to preface this with I'm not an expert in this. I am a firm believer in it and I use it as information for myself, for self-study, for Um, information on everybody else. So I will do the best that I can to give you the information I know and answer all of your questions, which I know you have many of. I do. I'm so excited to ask (laughs) questions about this. I can't wait because you you have great questions. So what I know is that astrology and astronomy were the same thing. And it started back in Mesopotamia, Hmm. you know, so BC era. Um, It started to spread into India in the sixth century, BC and then to China and we know that Chinese astrology is different than Western astrology yeah that's interesting is there a time where those two practices split or were they kind of co-evolving back in the day because there's a lot of religions that kind of like started out with similar roots and then as they kind of wandered around the world they yeah I don't came up with their own flair I don't know the exact timing of that Mm -hmm. as to when 
sort of the Chinese took the information and made it their own. Um, so this is where the Chinese calendar comes out, where it's like exactly. the year of the rooster and whatever. Yeah. Oh, and the dragon. Interesting. They have 12 different animals that they... Um, is that like the 12 houses? 12 that, signs? So or is it different? I am not as up to the Chinese astrology info. I'm sorry. You wanted to go with the Babylonian <laughs> version, and I'm totally digging into no, China. And you're like, I that's have fine. No I idea. have no idea. I know that they have 12 animals. I don't know how that coincides with Western astrology. And I'm not even really positive on what Mesopotamian <laughs> astrology <laughs> looked like. So I so okay. So we have these different branches of astrology. Yours comes out of Mesopotamia and goes to... Well, the essential, what I'm saying is that they all started... This is where it's saying it started eventually. It. And okay. then it spread from there. Perfect. So Western astrology just is a very like... Distant cousin. Distant cousin. Got it. Twice removed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the things. Got it. Okay, um, continue on. Sorry. Okay, so we know that there are different branches of astrology now at this present moment what i'll be talking about specifically is western astrology which from my research is all starting from mesopotamia and then expanding out got it into chinese vedic um it spread through you know egypt greece and everybody sort of created their own style of it yeah and you can see the thread through all of that they're all pretty similar with different variations yeah and I think that it comes down to myth and archetype and there's a lot of um you know the the Greeks took it into what gods they had at that point right and the archetypes were very um related to that and the Egyptians different obviously so it kind of comes back to like the archetypes were where each different ethnicity and culture yeah made it their own got it okay yeah so fast what, forward, fast forward <laughs> to uh, 2018. Yeah. And about 17th century ish is when they started to kind of take two different paths, astrology and astronomy. Got it. Yeah. That was a question that I had because astronomy is a very different practice than a science than astrology at this point. Yes. Today. Definitely. Um, and, you know, astrology is looking at the same patterns just in a different way in my mind so i was on the under the understanding that way back in the day the astrology charts actually did sort of enable them to predict weather patterns and you know based upon star placement kind of where we were in the world even before we realized necessarily that the world was round and we had all of these bodies around us that we were in orbits so they were essentially taking well they were using it for navigation you know and um even the moon cycles in the past have been used for um when they would do planting when they would do harvesting they've always known that eclipses have been this major um major event in sort of the the cosmic universe that had effect on on humans i think there are a lot of like funny historical um moments i i can't think of one offhand but that somebody knew that an eclipse was coming and they were able to like completely take over different armies and stuff and they're like if you don't do it i'm going to tell you what to do i'm going to make the sun go or the moon go away well and what i what i know too is that this was part of the the reasoning why it, it kind of started to lose popularity yeah is that kings and people of power were scared that, you know, the peasants would get a little bit too much power, a little bit too much information, and potentially use it against them to overthrow the throne. Astrological overthrow. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, Mutiny. Yeah, so, you know, astrology is really this relationship between the astrolo- astronomical phenomena and events um, that we relate back to our human experience okay so they started out as with similar scientific beginnings so where is this break between where astrology is now which is you know 
I think it's it's been very interesting to be working with you a lot lately is because this is a belief system for you. This is something that is very much rooted in the way that you sort of conduct your day to day. But for me, this is like, I like to get the email newsletter that says, you're going to have a great day today. Go eat some ice cream. Like you're good. <laughs> um, so wh- where is that disconnect and how did that happen? In the past? Yeah. <clears throat> 17th century. I think that's where you were. We started, we kind of talked a little bit about it. Yeah. There became this disconnect, um, especially when the scientific world started to gain inform- in more information about the solar system. Um, and uh, religion came in as well a little bit and decided that this wasn't a belief that they had. So religion was not, was anti-astrology, Correct. essentially. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So 17th century breaks from astronomy. We now have the Zodiac. Yes. Okay. So um, I guess, you know, astrology is not considered really a science. It's maybe a pseudoscience or a metaphysical practice. Okay. Um, obviously, astronomy is a science. We have now the Zodiac. Um, and there's a lot of information. So I think we'll start with what everybody knows as their sun sign. So you're a Taurus, I'm a Virgo. That's my sun sign. That's your sun sign. What does that mean? So that means that the sun, which moves through the 12 zodiac houses. So this is like Aries, Libra. Correct. Taurus, Virgo. Yep. There are 12 of them. It moves through all of those throughout the year. As it shifts, wherever the sun was when you were born, that's what your sun sign is. Okay, I have a quick question about this, and you may or may not be able to answer this. So we know the earth rotates around the sun. Yes. Is the sun moving through these signs, or is our orientation to the sun where these signs come from? This goes into your birth chart, which we'll get into a little bit. Okay. (laughs) In a minute. Uh, but your birth chart is a 360 degree, um, chart diagram that shows essentially you at the center or your position on this earth and then everything around it. Where they were the day that you were born. The day that anything happened. So at this moment right now, as I snap my fingers, there is a chart for that. It's sort of like a snapshot in time of where everything is in relationship to where so you, are. you become the center of everything Correct. necessarily okay so when you create your birth chart you need your time of birth like you know mine was 10 7 p.m how do you know that my, me specifically yeah my parent my dad remembered oh that's really cute yeah i i like i always say two o'clock but i'm not sure that's true he always tells the story that he was he and my mother were at um my grandparents house which was on Lake Chatech in um, Slayton Minnesota shout out to the hometown Um, and you know it's about 20 miles outside of the city and I my mom went into labor um, and I was they had to it was super foggy so he was like flying but it's on these crazy windy back roads and there's one stop sign right where the high school and the elementary school roads are that he couldn't even see and he just like flew through it. So he tells the story all You're the time. You're so about lucky it. to be alive. I know. I know. The okay. world is lucky. The world is lucky. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So th- that's how that's how he remembers that it was at nighttime. It was because oh, of the okay. the darkness and the fog. Um but I think actually I don't know if your birth certificate has it on there. Yeah, I don't so know. So it, it typically comes from your parents remembering yeah. or because I don't think it's public record at all. Okay. <clears throat> So you need your time of birth, um, the day you were born, obviously, or, you know, September 9th, the date, not the day, and where, where like you were born. Like the city or town or yep. whatever. Okay. So you, again, you become sort of the center of the birth chart and then. Ah, I see. So the suns are in orientation, or the sun and the moon and the stars are in orientation to you. Yeah. When you're talking about them sort of like moving around the charts. You're yes, not necessarily. exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Sun sign. Sun sign. <laughs> so the sun sign is what most people identify with as their astrological sign, which is correct. 
there are just other signs and other influences that do have an impact on that. And I that. had no idea about this until we were at, shout out to Brit Brit again, <laughs> that night where you read my cards and you were like, what's your rising moon or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, I have no idea. And you were like, well, uh, there's an app for that. And then we were literally like on the app and I was like, holy what? That is describing me to an absolute T. But we'll get there. Keep going. Everybody is always shocked shocked at well number one that I have this app and then number two that I basically keep everybody I've ever searched in there she does that is a true story (laughs) I I found this out when we were at the lotus feed and she who was the celebrity that you had in there Jonathan Taylor Thomas (laughs) (laughs) that was like one of the nights I couldn't sleep and I his birthday is the day before mine. And so I was just like, oh, I wonder if I could find out what his chart is. How did you know what time he was born? You, you can Google that shit. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, For God, literally so any celebrity. And you can find out where they were born. Okay. I think I also have Jake Gyllenhaal in there. <laughs> anyway, she's got like 40 people saved in this app. Because I was like, oh, I don't really remember what my XYZ thing was. She's like, oh, I've got an app for that. Two celebrities, everybody else's people that I know. Okay. <laughs> so that I don't sound like a total weirdo. I mean, doesn't even matter anymore. First colonic. <laughs> exactly. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, oh yeah, because okay. then we started p- pulling up pictures of him. Yep, I remember. Yeah, okay. I know. Was, Anyways. It was a scene. So, um, your sun, sun sign, sign is your main astrological sign. This sort of represents your yourself, your personality, your ego, um, and it's what makes you individual. It's kind of your unique contribution. It's our identity and our face, like our face in this world. Okay. Then there's a second sign, which is very important, which is your rising sign. So for you, Virgo, for me, is Taurus. That's where we are like mirrors of each other. Okay. <clears throat> this is um, what planet was rising above the horizon in your birth chart at the moment that you were born. And so this is where actually you need your time oh, and your place that of makes birth. Sense. Okay. Yeah. So now that time. Okay. So the sun sign is, it's just really based on the date that you were born. That one's easy to figure out. The, the rising sign is obviously more difficult because you're looking at a bigger yeah. chart. You said to me one time, I think was your sun sign is sort of the way that you identify and your rising sign is the thing that you portray to the world. Was that yeah, right? Yeah. It's more of your personality yeah. per se and sort of how you are identified in the world by others. So how others perceive you, um, which is oftentimes why someone, you might meet someone and you're like, oh, they don't seem like an Aries. They don't have those qualities. And so my question is always like, well, what other, what's your rising, what's sign? your rising sign and what's your moon sign too? Oh, okay. Which we haven't even gotten to. So yet. I'm a Virgo mm-hmm. rising. So what does that mean? So Virgo rising means that you are perceived in the world as a Virgo. So you have the attributes when you meet someone, they will, and we can talk a little bit about Virgos, um, but they will sort of have that that perception of you. Okay. Okay. And then the last one that is important to know is your moon sign. And if you think about the moon, what we know about it, right, is that it's representative of the divine feminine, of the mother energy. Um, It's very tied to the earth's waters, right? So um, the tides are dictated by the pull of the moon, Mm -hmm. which we are... 70% 70% water so, scientists. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so my question to people is always, you know, how do you, if you, if we know that the moon dictates the water, how do we not acknowledge that it might have an impact on us internally? And so it, the moon is typically emotional. It's more of like our internal landscape, our desires, our subconscious brain, um, and it's sort of, it's more of like that soul energy than our ego, what we're portraying outward. It's more of an internal feeling. So is this all, so just to bring this back to astrology, astronomy a little bit, Mm -hmm. is this based on like mathematical calculations? Is this based on, um, sort of like ancient interpretation? Like, how do we know the difference between your sun, your rising sun and your moon? 
Okay, so I tried to figure out, because you just put it in an app now and it calculates it for you because there's a lot of calculations that have to happen. Yeah, I actually started to look at some of your charts that you were sending me and I was like, this is kind of like learning calculus. Yeah, it's a little wild. Um, And I couldn't find anything that told me this is how you would do your own birth chart because then I got kind of excited about maybe learning how to do the calculations. Yeah, and how to like write them out and doing people's birth charts for them by hand. I thought that would be fucking awesome. Um, (laughs) You're literally like doing calculus right in front of them and they're like, holy shit, what? (laughs) Well, like to give us a gift, you know, or like if someone gets married, it's like, this is It would be really crazy. Did you ever do, this is my nerdy brain, did you ever do proofs in like either calculus or like geometry in high school? Oh my God, I mean, I'm sure... Yeah, I actually, this math is like my thing. Yeah. I was really good at it. So there were like ways that you were like, okay, X equals, you know, all these different things. And you had to prove like if X equals blah, 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 then Y equals this and that, right? So it's a proof. It would be really cool to like be able to give those out as somebody's astrology signs where you were like literally (laughs) lighting the proof of their (laughs) chart. Sorry, that's my nerdy brain. If. You are over analytical, yeah. then you are a Virgo. <laughs> you, you probably also are a Taurus. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> well, and that's the Earth sign, and then we'll get into that a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, okay. So you've got your two suns: your sun sign, your rising sign, and your moon. Technically, those aren't your two suns. That's just oh. your sun, your rising, got it, and your moon. But okay. yes, your sun, your rising, your moon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Then what? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. That's the biggest three and. In- that I would say if you're like, I just know that I'm a Libra and this is all a lot, just go get those two and you can find them anywhere online. We'll put some, um, some links in the show notes, (laughs) find the next two because there's so much information below that. And I'll talk a little bit about it. Yeah. Uh, but to not overwhelm anyone. Okay. So what we know are those three signs. Now on top of that, you also have the 12 houses of the Zodiac. The, as I said, the birth chart has 360 degrees and it's broken into 12 houses, 30 degrees each. Okay. Ready. Yep. So in each of those houses, there was a planet that was influencing or in that house when you were born or at any time. I so badly want to make... (laughs) Oh, like House of the Rising Sun joke right now. <laughs> what? The song? Oh, who sings that? The animals. Oh, God. I don't yeah. even think I know what song that is. Oh, yeah. It's going to be in the show notes. Okay. I can't wait. And so the, the different houses have different impacts. Each house is ruled by a constellation as well. So that's how the they've been kind of dictated or decided upon. Um, so when they sh- say things like Mercury's in retrograde, is that what they're talking about? Or is that totally different? Totally different. Okay. Let's just, yeah. Retrograde is a whole nother thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the houses have different participation in your life. So, you know, your first house is actually your rising sign, which we've already talked about. Got it. And it's kind of your sense of self. Um, your second house is all about your senses. So is this like we are actually traveling through these houses in your lifetime or is this just where they were oriented when you were born? Well, we're constant. The cosmos are constantly shifting and changing. So every single second, something is different. But so yes and yes. Okay. (laughs) We're, We're constantly traveling through them. Every single second, things are changing. That's one scientific theory we know that everything's in flux, right? Yeah. But, um, also, the snapshot is like you taking an Instagram story. Got it. It's there, you know. So depending on what sign was in your house at your time of birth or in any second. Got it. That has an impact on you as well. And is the impact um, physical? Like if you are oriented in space this one time, is the idea here that space is or like <laughs> no i mean that very serious like like no this, i know it just sounds like it's gonna go whatever. crazy yeah no that they are supposedly having some kind of like physical effect on you like okay f- so for example we know that the moon the gravitational pull of the yes. moon is going to change the tides right so that mm-hmm. is a very like 
mathematically calculated scientific based fact that like this moon is having an effect on the water in our oceans Mm -hmm. is the idea here is that if you're you know certain constellations are in your houses that that is physically having an effect on you or is it just sort of like the orientation of these these um ideas are really what's driving the way that you're feeling or 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 the the effect Hmm. that you're feeling that's interesting question it's kind of like the the chicken or the egg sort yeah. of. Um, I don't know the exact answer to that. Okay. What I, th- what I believe it's not so like micro that it's just having an effect on your physical body. It's sort of like a bigger picture. Ah, okay. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so each planet also has its own shit to deal with. Yeah. So Venus we know is like the planet of love and money and Mercury is communication each astrological sign is also ruled by a certain planet. What's Taurus ruled by? Taurus is ruled by Venus. Oh. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense because Tor- Taurians, Taurians, I believe they're called, mm-hmm. um, are really into the, the sensual pleasures of life. That is true. It's funny. <clears throat> every time I, um, like I walk into a store, and the first thing that I need to do is like touch beautiful things and beautiful fabric. It's yeah. been something that's been really funny. Like, don't tell my husband this, but I used to have this boyfriend that used to be like, when we would go into stores together, he'd be like, what's the first thing she's going to touch? Because I just loved like feeling. I'm the same things. way. People yeah. are always like, why are you touching it? I'm like, well, the, the feel of it to me mm-hmm. makes a difference. Where it's like, I think you and I have talked about this before. We'll walk into restaurants and if it's like, we're not feeling the like vibe of it, I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't care how good the wine or the food is. Yeah. I really want to like feel that like totally amazing experience absolutely okay um so that makes sense virgo is ruled by mercury which is all about communication and um that's yeah pretty evident evident hey (laughs) podcast yeah exactly um so each each um sign also has its own planet associated with it okay so it's interesting because you and i also have the same moon right Mm -hmm. libra moon libra moon what does that mean that is our sort of our internal emotional landscape libras are an air sign they are all about balance fairness and this is kind of this is where you also get into a little bit of overlap into most of the air signs you can kind of what i think is important is that the signs and the are broken into four elements yeah i was just gonna ask about this because okay so you said that taurus and virgo no taurus and virgo and virgo are earth signs earth signs and you just said libra is an air sign an air sign okay so there's earth and air Mm -hmm. then what fire and water okay so the four elements and if you just think about nature each element has its strengths and its not so much strengths yeah. or it's, you know, areas of growth or what we call sometimes like the shadow or things like that in, um, in astrology and tarot, things like that. The shadow side is sort of the subconscious, what is typically seen as bad, but we, I don't like to use that word because yeah. nothing's bad or good. It's, it's again, it's just information. It is what it is. So like fire what is you can probably do a good example it. of this one, right? It's really good. Um, because if you think about the, what fire can do, it's, it's powerful. It has passion, you know, it's like hot. So it has that sort of courage. And, um, on the flip side of that, what happens when there's a wildfire? Yeah. gets completely out of control real fast. Yeah. When, when the fire burns out of control, it can destroy things to devastation. Um, and also realizing that, you know, wildfires are, a necessary part of right. rebirth, but fire can burn. So it's how you can play with the balance of this element inside of you based on what you know about your birth. Okay. Chart. So let's go through these a little bit. Yeah. So earth. Okay. So earth you sons. and I are both earth. Yep. Sons. Like a lot of earth. A lot of earth. <laughs> yeah. Um, just think about the earth. It's stable. It's dependable. It's like the salt of the earth, you're two feet on the ground. It's super grounded. Um, my sister calls it boring. What is her sign? Sagittarius. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's got a lot going on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Leah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, no judgment. No at judgment. All. No, mm-hmm. no, no judgment. Um, so super dependable. It's not boring, but it's, you know, everything is based on logic. Yes. They make a lot of reasons based on what they know. Um, the part of the shadow side of that is when you're really, really focused on logic and you're grounded and you're stable, you have, you kind of lack that water element. Like creativity, imagination, that kind of stuff. Feeling. Feeling. Especially. Oh yeah. I've been accused of that. <clears throat> what I always say is that for me, <laughs> when I say things, it's really coming from a place of love. It's just that I just see it as it is. Yeah. And it's something that I have to really work on is taking consideration of the fact that other people aren't as cut and dry or you and I work so well together because you're like, Rachel, cut the shit. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And there's no hard feelings because we both know that we understand, we have an understanding of that. It's coming from a place of sensitivity. It just doesn't necessarily have to seem that way because we're not, we're not super watery. Yeah. I I think it's really interesting too, is that when we first started talking about doing this podcast, we were like, this could get pretty hairy at times because our brains, even though we think very similarly, are thinking about very different things. But I think it's why it works out. Totally. Is because we are able to sort of logically look at what the other person is thinking about and really ask good questions. Absolutely. And have sensitivity, but also not have to coddle someone. Yeah, totally. Okay, let's actually back up. Earth signs, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Okay. Water signs are Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio. <clears throat> so what's what is beautiful about water, right? It has this flexibility and this yeah, ability. It can go anywhere. It can go anywhere and it can penetrate really anything. Super intuitive, very sensitive, in touch with their emotion and their nurturing side. The Water signs typically take their actions coming from sense. So, um, which is interesting because, you know, Torians are a lot about feel, but this is like, it's the same thing. It's like they derive their, uh, their action based on intuition and feeling and senses. Um, the shadow side is, you know, that can get really overwhelming. Yeah. It can get, uh, it can borderline delusion, you know, um, sense and yes, senses, and emotion can yeah. be incredibly overwhelming. And a lot of times, because it's so internal for them, they have a really hard time dealing with that emotion yeah. and finding kind of the outlet. But it can, you know, it's when you take that information and what you can really build with it is like, how do you then use that in a way that fosters creativity and, you know, aligns you with your most beneficial strengths? Right. Stagnancy, inactivity, you know, like when water is, if you think about like a pond, a scummy pond. Yeah, yeah. On a hot day. That's just like, Ew. yeah. So it's nature is really breeding kind of the, the different aspects of these, yeah. of these signs. It's so funny. I don't know if this is just my like brain. I'm a very visual person, but as you're walking through these, I can like see the earth and I can see the water. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Um, okay. Then you have fire and air. Fire. Um, spontaneous, creative in like very unique ways. We have Leo's, Aries, um, Sagittarius's. That's my girl. Yep. They have this like incredible zest for life. They're super adventurous, spontaneous. And we kind of already talked about it. You know, when shadow, uh, the shadow side of fire is that it can kind of burn out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, They can be a little bit egotistical, selfish, bossy. Those are like, they sound really awful, but it's just, it is what it is. Also makes a good leader. Yeah, totally. Passionate, yeah. driven. Like they have this natural ability to ignite yep. and make shit happen. And then air. Air, last one. So um, if you think about the element air, it's really about brain chemistry and the air signs, Gemini, Libra. Aquarius. Um, yeah, Aquarius. Thank you which most people actually think is a water sign because he's a water bearer, but it's mm. not. It's an air sign. Interesting. So they're super communicative, really smart, brilliant thinkers, mind, intellect, wisdom, um, usually good communicators, uh, and a lot of fairness and clever 
like aspects to their personality as where as well, especially with Libras, they like a lot of balance. Um, so I have a question about this. Okay. So I'm a Taurus, mm-hmm. right? And I definitely recognize myself in the dependable, practical, conservative kind of person. Um, but I also recognize myself in a lot of these other things too. And I'm wondering if it ever like just doesn't hold true. Like, are, can you be born? So mid-May, mid-April, you know, whenever, whenever Tor- Taurus is, is like toward the end of it's April. May, beginning. I'm sorry, April 23rd to like May 22nd or yeah, something. Yeah, right. So like, <clears throat> could you be a not Taurusy person if you were born on May 2nd? Like, how does that work out? Is that where you're rising in your moons? Yeah, I think that anything's possible, (laughs) right? And I think that if anybody is, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, Like, I am a Gemini and I just absolutely do not identify with it at all. Um, I, of course, when somebody says that, I ask like, okay, what are your other signs? And then there's, as we talked about the planets and the houses and all that, they also have an impact. So there are other things that could impact that but yeah anything is possible because I know some people that were born right around me that are like so different from me and I would check out their rising sign because again it's your perception of them it's kind of their personality that you're receiving versus like what their actual I what they identify with what their ego is okay I have one more question about this okay can certain signs like just not go together as partners like, does it work out? There's like, you should never be with X, Y, Z because it would literally light your world on fire. I agree again that or my original statement rings true of that. There are definitely partnerships that um, in any way, friendships, relationships, marriage, love, co-working, anything like that, that are more compatible just based on where you are. Yeah. Then there are some that are less compatible. This is an interesting thing. So Chris Capozzi and I are almost exactly 180 degrees away from each other. He's March 10th. He's a Pisces. I'm September 9th of Virgo. So we've always worked really well together in a business perspective because we are exact opposites. Okay. All of his strengths are my weaknesses and all of my weaknesses are his strengths. Okay. I said that. No, that was right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought I think I think I thought I said my my weaknesses twice, but you know what I'm you saying. Know, yeah. Um so with that, Pisces and Virgos are usually they work well together because they're they can pick up where the other person puts down. Totally. Yeah. So, and I actually have this thing on my computer. It's like the compatibility of you versus like four signs away or three signs away. Um, and actually I have a friend that the same thing, like they're exactly across from one another. Yeah. There's just, it's information. Yeah. Okay. Is it, would I ever tell someone absolutely never <laughs> go into a relationship with them? Yeah. No, because at the end of the day, you are also just, you're a unique human. Yeah. And there's so much underneath it that because it's funny now that i can't tell from a sun sign i so i'm married to a fire sign right Mm -hmm. my husband is a leo but i can imagine that there are some guys that i dated throughout the years i can i can like i don't know i don't remember where their birthdays were but like the air sign for me is kind of like i that would not work for me as a partner i don't think just based on the thing and i'm just wondering if they were air signs (laughs) i feel like i've dated the gamut like i've had a taurus i've dated and Aries. Um, Did any of them just not work out because of personality <laughs> that's, that, that seemed true to their zodiac sign? I'm going to pass on that question. There we go. Punted. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> None of them are listening to this podcast. <laughs> I mean, no. Okay. So those are good questions. All right. So then, okay. So we've got your zodiac, you've got your sun, you've got your moon. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're compatible with other people. Sometimes you're not based upon kind of what your zodiac, where you, you're oriented. Yeah. So then my next question to you is, is the shit that we read in our horoscopes correct? Like I sent you one the other day that I was just like, this is ridiculous. It's literally just being like, 
you're going to have a great day today. Mercury is coming out of retrograde, which means everybody's going to be feeling good. You should go get an ice cream cone and also start a new business. Is like, that really what it said? I mean, sort of. Okay, they I didn't read that. it. I'm yeah, sorry. no, it's <laughs> totally fine. To be honest, but. So I think like <laughs> we read those as sort of the general population. It's kind of like, I do it because I think it's fun and I read it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And I take it with me and I'm like, put it in my pocket. I'm like, this is great. And other days I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And I just leave it alone. So I think the question is, when we see these horoscopes and, you know, whatever else, which is kind of, for the majority of us, our frontline interaction with this idea of astrology, do we take it to heart? Is it like based on something or are people just kind of making it up? No, I think that even in sort of like the fluffier horoscopes that... Those are the ones I read. Yeah, the, the astrologers are analyzing and referencing different planetary aspects, which we aren't even going to get into on <laughs> this, this episode. <laughs> That's the calculus. Yeah. Um, when they write the horoscopes and then depending on what publication you read, you'll receive kind of differing levels of depth in the information that they give you. So it's like if I was to give a lecture to a bunch of other nutrition scientists, I would use very technical language and I would be able to use very, you know, sort of explicit explanations but for a college classroom or something like that I would use very generalized terms absolutely I read I'll send it to you your your brain's gonna go crazy I usually read um astro style and susan miller's astrology.com and that's where a lot of the information comes from from my like personal practice of knowledge in this area but I mean she's legit like hers are like eight pages long for for one sign and she goes into how all the planets are moving into relation because that also has an impact and if you're truly looking at astrology that's what they should be taking into account is not just okay well this is you're a Taurus and you know you like nice things and you're stubborn so you know I mean that pretty much sums it up exactly (laughs) so have a nice day go have an ice cream exactly I just always just go have an ice cream don't wait for a horoscope to tell you that okay they're looking at they should be looking at where the planets are moving what's in retrograde okay that's a whole nother question (laughs) when the eclipses are coming okay this is another podcast is what is mercury in retrograde Mm -hmm. but like can you just give it to me in 30 seconds yeah so the planets are orbiting and they all orbit at different rates right around the sun so you know it takes pluto like fucking long time to get around yeah versus mercury much faster when a planet slows down in its orbit, it, through a telescope, slows down so much that it looks as if it is reversing. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's sciencey too. That is sciencey. I'm going to check that, that out. When that happens, typically, the things that Mercury or whatever planet is in retrograde. It's always Mercury. It's well, so Mercury goes into retrograde for like three times a year. Oh, the other planet, and it happens for about two and a half to three weeks. The other planets go more or less, usually less often than that, and for longer periods of time. So, like, we're coming out of the summer where we had like six planets retrograde, which is why a lot of people were like, This summer, like, the energy was weird. And I would just say, you know. Yeah, it yeah, was. Everything was in retrograde. Everything was in retrograde and we had a lot of really powerful eclipses happening. So that's what it means when a planet goes into retrograde is that it, the orbit starts to slow down. And so when you look at it, it seems as if it were actually moving in reverse based on the way that we are rotating as well. So that makes wacky energy. Is that what yeah. happens when things are in retrograde? It typically will, I don't want to say reverse, but it will impact the way that that planet shows up in your life. So Mercury, communication, travel, uh, electronics, things like that. Typically you'll see issues happening. They always say you're not supposed to sign any contracts during Mercury in retrograde. Interesting. I think we signed our Lotus feed contract when Mercury was in retrograde, or maybe you made us wait until the very last. No, I made us do it before. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And here's what I will say is that there's also a shadow period. Okay. So a few days before and a few days after. And you should also be really mindful of those. And we were actually in the shadow period. Ooh, well, it worked mm-hmm. out in our favor. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so when shit's in retrograde, you got to be careful. 
Yes. And again, don't go stopping living your yeah, life. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. It's like, how oh. much do you really, do you just like, you, Katie Mackin, CFM, yeah. <laughs> do you literally like take every step based on what your chart is telling you should do today? Um, I have in my ca- in my Google calendar right now on September 18th, Mars squares Uranus. That's something. <laughs> going to go listen to the poop episode for that one. <laughs> anyway. No, I mean, there are some things like... In Venus grows in retrograde in October. I've written in here, no change to appearance. So don't don't go don't changing go dye your, your hair. Exactly. Because you're probably going to regret that. Yeah. Okay. But. Okay. There's. Okay. Okay. One more question before we do that. Before okay. we go, does CFM follow every step? If Mercury's in retrograde for you, is it in retrograde for everybody? Yes. Okay. For Keep. everyone. Because it's based on the orientation of the earth to those other planets. Yes. Okay. And you're asking because Mercury rules Virgo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I might feel it more. I might feel it less. It depends. I don't, I've sort of learned to work with the energy versus like, cause a lot of times people are like, Oh God, Mercury's in retrograde. You can't do anything. You can't, you can't leave your house. And God, it's just people like, don't leave their house. No, I'm being dramatic, oh. but I'm just saying people are like, you can't, you shouldn't travel. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't sign a contract if I didn't have to during Mercury in retrograde. But it's not in retrograde right now, right? No, we just came out of it. Thank God. Yeah. The, what I, I heard this once and I think that it's the best information to take is that when you're signing, like if you were signing, if you were getting married or if you were signing a, yeah, a, a contract deal. on like on your house and Mercury was in retrograde, that's like a long-term commitment you're making. And you, that moment when you sign that contract there is a snapshot like we talked about of the planets at that moment. And I don't know that I would want to take that risk on it affecting my life. You legit would not sign a, uh, you wouldn't get married if Mercury was in retrograde. Like, so like I would probably try to avoid it. Let's say CFM's getting married in the next two years. But (laughs) something, if this happens, you would literally consult your astrology chart to make sure that your shit wasn't in retrograde. I would pick probably a date on that. talk to an astrologer and see what the best day was. Not just like, hey, it's beautiful in June. We should get married in June. No, I mean, I would look at, I would <laughs> consult. <awesome. laughs> I love that. I love that about you. That's amazing. Okay. Um, and again, with that, I don't make every decision based on it. Yeah. But if it was something that, that was that huge... You'd wait, would, you'd wait a week or two. I'd wait. I would talk to an astrologer, see what they thought was the most favorable day based on the cosmic um, climate. <laughs> and so what sign person opposite from you would be like, yes, I'm, I'm into that too. Doesn't, is that like, what's the perfect opposite to a Virgo? For a sign? Yeah. Like, like, like for a match, for a mate. For a love mate? Oh love God. Love mate. You know, I don't actually know because I think that some... You'd need to know their rising sign. Yeah. So I would actually have the birth charts. You would. Do you Do you <laughs> scan potential partners? I mean, I can do it right them. now in my app. <laughs> do we, should we see how compatible I am with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah. Okay. So while you're doing that, <laughs> I, I, I have one last thought here is... If you are a person that really believes in this, and I don't mean that to sound condescending at all. I mean that like very genuinely, if this is something that that you live your life, is there a downfall to potentially kind of like what you just said, not Mm -hmm. signing a contract if Mercury is in retro? Like there are times when you're just like, I need to just live life outside of this. Or, Or do you believe that it, that living your life requires you to live inside the sort of direction that the astrological environment around you is dictating can you rephrase that question yeah uh very briefly do you only do what your astrology sign says and if you do is that dangerous for your brain mental health um yeah yeah i i mean all of it is information and you can you have to take all of the information you have not just astrological and then do the (laughs) Take all of your astrological and your nutrition information yeah. and, you know, don't eat peas on a 
on a Mercury and retrograde. Oh God, that shit'll just fuck you up. Peas <laughs> on Mercury and retrograde. You'll never recover. Never recover. No, but you have to just do the best that you can with what you know. Yeah. And why would you not want a little more information into yourself and your the way that you operate into your strengths and into your weaknesses? Because over time, if you only play to your strengths, they eventually become your weaknesses. You have to be willing to look at everything. Yeah. And then in show up the best that you can and how, you know, have a little more information to the people that you work with, the people that you love, the people that are in your family so that you can understand them and where they're coming from a little bit better, you know, so like you and your sister yeah. so that you're not boring, but you're. <laughs> she tells she always tells me that I tell the worst stories Rachel your stories just go on and on and on and yet somehow you are here, here telling am. stories for a living <laughs> really good well, one, one thing that I think is really interesting about what you're saying is that one thing that it does do and I have to be completely honest I think this stuff is fun but I don't necessarily subscribe to it as a belief system but what it does do and it makes me really think about this is to your point of it makes me recognize where my strengths are and then through those strengths also makes me recognize where the weaknesses are and where I need to have people in my life that can pick up things where I put them down or to recognize that when I am being like super analytical that comes off as you know somewhat off-putting for people sometimes and so just being really aware of what my tendencies are this is super helpful for that totally and it's yeah awareness and information and taking all of it and figuring it out from there you know okay so final question (laughs) What? Are you compatible with oh, wait, Jonathan Taylor compare, Thomas? Hold on. Compare charts. JTT. We have a 10 romantic attraction. Is that like 10 out of 10? 10 out of 10. Overall score is a 7. Long term is 6. Career support is 6. Home and family only 5. Communication only a 5, which is weird because we're both Virgos. And oh, he's Capricorn moon and a Capricorn rising, which oh. is a little bit much. And six in a money, which means he probably spent all of his money from the home improvement days. All right. So JTT, you're out, man. If you're, we can find somebody else. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Intuitive Science Podcast. You can find all of the information from this episode on our show notes on the website, www.intuitivesciencepodcast.com. If you are interested in more information, definitely reach out to us via all the social handles. You can follow us at Intuitive Science Podcast. And you can find us at Katie Mackin and at Rachel Pajednik or... I have a really awesome announcement. Our tickets are on sale for Strong Process. We're going to be diving deep into mental health in the November 3rd conference, which is going to be down on 1 Federal Street in Boston. And early riser tickets are on sale right now. So make sure that you're checking that out. And if you want more information, you can find us at strongprocess.com or at strongprocess on all the handles. Okay, guys, we need to make a quick correction as well for our episode last week, episode six. I was so excited about going to this vineyard, Baker Lane, and I kept calling the owner Stephen Sterling, and it was just a complete slip, and his name is actually Stephen Singer. So, mea culpa, big correction. Steve Singer, we love you, and your wines are amazing.